It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder. Really? We're almost at the end. I gotta get it in a no, couple more times. You can only do it a couple times and you've already done that, so it's too late now. And plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Heather Artis with BlackPearlMinute.com. And I'm the Captain Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com. It's like Captain and Tennille, but I play both roles. Captain and Tennille. That you do. Arr! Hey, that's rude. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. And I wish I hadn't even brought it up now. You said it. Can you even name a Captain and Tennille song? I don't know. Of course you can't. You're too young for that. You got that right. Way too young. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course you could name it. No, I couldn't. Don't you still I play their albums? I don't know who albums? they are. I just yeah, know right. their name. <laughs> I think that's most of us. Most people <laughs> probably don't even know who they are That's because we just make fun of them. Thanks for joining us for minute 127 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Before we get started, I just have to ask, are you back to 100%? I know you had a near-death experience and took a severe beatdown at the end of last week, which, by the way, is no excuse for the highs and lows of your attention span. The highs being pithy comments that made us think, and then the obvious lows with your freaking yawning all over the place. Just because you are getting zero sleep doesn't mean you can just abandon your post. I need to know... If we should just end the show right now or carry on and rehabilitate ourselves, redeem ourselves in the ears of the listening community after what happened last week. You know what? Sounds like you're doing a lot of complaining. Captain complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't find that funny. Well, I don't know what to tell you. So are you back to 100% or yes. what? Okay. Thank the Aztec gods. It's about freaking time. Exactly. I agree. And I was dying, by the way. There's a number of things we ended up passing up. You almost died. Yeah, you really like did it. almost die. <laughs> I looked like it. <laughs> oh, you look like it. <laughs> Shiver me timbers. There were a number of things we ended up passing over because I just was rushing the episodes. The sole reason to end your pain in the midst of the show. It was a rough one. It seemed like a rough one. It's the show must go on dedication kind of thing that you had. Kind of. I had mostly. Not the fact that I was getting antsy and having to prod you and keep you from falling asleep. It was cinematic gold, too, the stuff that I had. Things we won't quite be able to see, given the strict no-rehash policy we adhere to. It, well, it's... Oh, well. You don't even know where I'm going, do you? No, but I was I was commenting on your rehash policy. We don't really have a strict rehash policy. It's more like guidelines than actual <laughs> <Yeah>. rules. <laughs> well, that's true. It isn't a real stringent policy. Kind no. of is, but it isn't. No. More like it guidelines. was everything the masses were waiting for, what I had commentary on. It was Elizabeth Swan's heaving bosom. That's what wow. people wanted to see. Now, I only bring this really? up. Really? Yeah. They wanted to hear us talk about it. Now, I only bring this up from a film critique point of view. And no, I'm not uh-huh. critiquing her bosom. That would be for an entirely different show. A show called The Entire Internet Out There. Oh, you dirty, filthy bilge rats. That comprised the World Wide Web. 
It was quite the scene, and I only mention it because I'm sad I skipped the conversation about it. A conversation Kira Knightley would have been proud of, given her seemingly obsession with her own cleavage in this right? movie. <laughs> well, she's mentioned multiple times through all the documentary stuff. Docu- Documentaries? No. What's it called? All the... What's it called? The books? No. Newspaper articles. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give somebody the bird on the podcast. It doesn't make What's any sense. What's it called? <laughs> Commentary? The commentary. Okay. <laughs> Stop laughing so we can do this Obviously, right. you're back to normal because you just flipped me off inside the studio. This is a no... <laughs> it's a no so, flipping off policy in our studio. Anyway, back to the commentary. Oh, that's so what she mentioned, mentioned multiple times on the commentary about her boobs or lack of. And what a great job her makeup artist did Making her look like she actually had some in this scene. I know. That's what I was saying. It was strictly from a film critique point of view. Commentary on the movie itself is why I wanted to bring it up. That is it. Oh, okay. There's not an interview or commentary around her performance where she doesn't bring it up or discuss it. So I figure I'm safe in mentioning it. And that was purely for reviewing the film's sake. Nothing else. So don't judge me. Just don't do it. I'll try not to. As far as some other ample bits... We look over, because I care about Heather's well-being, we do have an opportunity to integrate some of those across the remaining <laughs> episodes, so we should be okay. What? You care about my well-being. <laughs> Did that sound realistic? Did it sound Heather, sincere? Heather, we have to do the podcast. We have to do it, Heather. Can you do it yet, Heather? That's, yes, caring about I cared my well-being. about her well-being. You're right. I really cared about the audience more. Yeah. And you're... Deathly illness. It's really getting in my way, actually. <laughs> so now that you're back to your usual 10% functionality. 110, by the way. 10%. It's pirate word of the week. Curse you for breathing, you slack-jawed idiots. It's the pirate word of the week. We have to go with dance the hempen jig. Dance the hempen jig? Yes. Okay, I like the poetry of it. You and like it? Yeah, what is okay. it? It's a hanging. Nice. Oh, because hemp (laughs) rope? Yep. Since uh, Jack is on the hanging block here, we're going to go with Dance the Hemp and Jig. All right. Yeah. Good gallow talks. Yeah. Yeah. So when everybody's out there in their normal everyday lives talking about hangings and executions. Or just dancing in general. They can bring that up and people go, oh, you're really knowledgeable on the subject. And very appropriate because as everybody kind of gathers around to see the public hangings that we still have. (laughs) (laughs) then that'll come in quite appropriate. We're not talking about public hangings until next minute. Well, there you go. I'm talking about regular public hangings that everybody goes to see during the day. Oh, okay. In the previous minute, in an incredible coincidence, the list of crimes against the crown perpetrated by Captain Jack Sparrow is damn near a crime for crime rap sheet representing our infamous listening audience. Piracy, smuggling, falsification of letters of mark, Impersonating an officer, impersonating a cleric, sailing under false colors, arson, kidnapping, looting, poaching, brigandage, pilfering, depravity, and general lawlessness. Shoo! You guys out there, you guys are just some criminal pirates. Seriously. (laughs) Elizabeth complains to her father that this is wrong, obviously referencing that the list of crimes is not nearly as comprehensive as it should be. Meanwhile, Will Turner thumbs his nose at societal convention and answers the mother of all rhetorical questions... Who here thinks that these two should not be wed? Hey, Will, there's a time and a place for disrupting an impending engagement, and the hanging party is neither that time nor that place. Minute 127 begins with Will continuing to talk to Elizabeth, and after a lengthy pause says, I love you. 
Commodore Norrington and Governor Swan both look at Elizabeth for her reaction. Will turns and wanders back into the crowd, and the drum cadence rolls. The minute ends with Jack balancing on the sword Will threw and stuck into the gallows, preventing him from completely falling and being hanged. While Jack stands on the sword, Will fights the executioner. Norrington and the Marines run towards the gallows. The executioner outmaneuvers Will, who gets his sword knocked away and ducks to avoid the swinging axe. Okay, I said I wasn't going to rehash things we missed. More rehashing? I will integrate something that popped up again in subsequent minutes, as I said. But this is something I can't let go. Elizabeth's look? Did I say anything about her look or bosoms? I did not say oh. anything about that. that. What do you have on your mind over there? I didn't say there? bosoms. I said her look. Yeah. What else was I supposed to get from that after we just talked about ample bits Because I earlier. have a problem with this look she's got on her face. I wasn't talking about the When Will's look. talking to her. I'm not talking about the look. This is something that goes before that. This is not something in this minute. That's what I'm saying. Or is your something not in this minute? You don't know what's going on. Are you okay? You feeling okay? Shut up. Go. <laughs> it's been questions from listeners. A conversation in the Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. And it arrived. And we skipped it. Due to Heather's severely suppressed immune system. As always. And no, it's not Elizabeth's heaving bosom. Because I just like to say heaving bosom now. Of course you do. Why do you, you keep, keep bring- bringing that well, why up? Why do you keep bringing that up? Seriously. You keep bringing that up. It has to do with the list of crimes the town clerk reads off. There's this glaring crime that is missing. Or is it really missing? Maybe it's not really missing. But murder, right? There's no murder on that list of charges the town clerk reads. He hasn't murdered anybody. Well, this is my point. This has been the running question, as I said just a seconds ago. And besides killing another Jack while in Davy Jones' locker, do we see Jack kill anyone in hand-to-hand combat? Not through actions on a ship like firing or tricking Salazar to follow and indirectly killing him and his men. For our purposes now, does Barbosa really count then too? Stay tuned for season two because Barbosa may or may not come back. But the question stands, does this back up the theory that Jack does not actually kill anyone? It's not even a list of crimes on the charges against the crown. Murder is not listed. Surely a pirate would be accused of murder, at least as one as infamous as Jack. Mm-mm. No? No, not necessarily. There's you don't. There's no bodies. Well, you don't have to have a body. How do you know you murdered somebody then? Well, I know if I murdered somebody. How does anybody else know if Jack murdered somebody without a body? There could just be testimony back and, then that he killed people. Okay, but also pirates use threats. Okay, I know that, but that's my point. Is it missing or is it not really missing? Because there's plenty of killing going on, so it's not like Disney is opposed to ending the lives of some people in the cast. Jack does, let's finger quote this, kill Barbosa. But our main hero, the star of the movie, seems to slide by without murdering or justifiably killing anyone. Is this on purpose? Jack is an anti-hero that drives merchandise, so did they make a conscious decision? Did Disney make this effort to not have a murdering thug of an anti-hero pirate being adored by kids around the world? Hey, little Billy, I see you're wearing that murdering Jack pirate t-shirt. Oh, how cute. It's an interesting character trait, and I really look kind of forward to seeing how Jack progresses in the movies. But it doesn't take away from the question, is Jack this pirate that doesn't kill anybody? Yes. Okay. It doesn't fit his style. That's what I was wondering. He's the trickster. He's into tricking people to get his way, not killing. But would he have to kill? He would kill if he needed to. He killed Barbosa. He killed Barbosa, yes. Finger quote again. So that's all I'm saying. He does have it in him. Right, but he doesn't act on it. Well, that's just weird because he is a pirate. Uh, Well, that's all I'm saying. That's the question. 
Oh, he does. I mean, this is going to have to roll over into some other type of episode, but he does have it kind of in him. Think of the new movie and how this is spoiler, not so spoiler because it's in the trailers, but he tricks Salazar into following him. He turns at the last minute, sends Salazar's ship into the cave Mm -hmm. and all those guys died. Yeah, but he didn't. What's the difference between him doing something like that and him in a hand to hand combat thing? That's something more direct. Did he know for sure they'd die in there? Okay, I don't know if he knew that they would die in there, but it happened. I'm just saying. So that entire ship goes away and everybody dies, but Jack is not responsible for that just because they didn't have a body? No. Just because he didn't didn't mean to? Okay, manslaughter. No, because he didn't know it was tall ship manslaughter. If that's a thing, how can you get him on manslaughter when they were sailing their ship? He turned his. They went in there. He tricked them. That's not manslaughter. What about the? Oh God! What about the cannon fire? Then okay, I know I said hand to hand combat, but now because you're lawyering up over there. Cannon fire that could have hurt crew, all this kind of stuff. Could have. Could have, would have, should have. Oh, my God. She's back, all right. Oh, my God, is she You asked. Well, I didn't like it. It's not Jack's style. Jack's style is to be the trickster. To be the one, I'll threaten you, but I'm not going to go through with that unless I'm backed into a corner and have no other choice. Okay. I'm not going to say anything more about that right now. The Executioner was played by stuntman Bob Elmore, which, according to his IMDb page, was his last bit of stunt work. He does come back to reprise the Executioner's role in At World's End. And I do have a quick fact that's kind of interesting. Eh, Kind of interesting. I don't know if that's much of a tease. Ooh, I'll be hanging on that, kind of. But when I was thinking of adding it to my notes, I started to see a future. This crystal ball future of eight minutes of pure credits. That's no movie, no scene. So I figured I should start putting those bits and facts on the cast in the holster until we actually get to the credits when we might need it most. That's getting people excited about the end credits. Your little bit of kind of kind of interesting Eh, information. Just stick around if you have nothing. Yeah. Hey. You got to stick around because we have a, the very end of our credits is a scene. Well, there's that too. And there's going to be good stuff in the credits. I'm not saying that. Well, you're not not making them sound too enticing. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't sell this to them right now. Can you sell it? Well, I'm sorry that, oh, yeah, I could sell it. but Since I don't we wanna, have eight minutes of it? I don't want everybody to get all like, oh, I can't wait for the end credits yet. Because we still got these minutes to get through. I don't want them just saying, skip the rest of the movie, get to the freaking end credits. I'm just saying, bits and facts. Could be fun to talk about. Could be. Oh, my God. Oh, we'll make them interesting. Well, someone will make it I interesting. we got all kinds of things to talk about. <laughs> like, all kinds of things to talk about? All kinds of things. Like how Jack is not a murderer? Yeah. How dare you deny me Gonna bring me on in that. some pirate of the Caribbean, pirates of the Caribbean ride stuff and... I didn't say we wouldn't have stuff to talk about. Have all kinds of stuff. I'll sell it totally later on when we need it, but I want people to hang on every word now. And this certainly isn't cutting it for them when we're debating this right now. Instead, how about we just talk a little bit about an equally fun and happy topic of hangings. Yar, hang them from the yard arm. Okay, children, gather around the radio. Wait, the... we need to go to the look of Elizabeth okay, first. Okay, go to the look of Elizabeth. So this look she's giving when Will is, right before Will says, I love you. She's giving this look and her lips are kind of parted. And she's kind of almost like 
looking through Will, not at Will. She's kind of, yeah. <laughs> Scott's giving me the look. <laughs> She's pulled this look throughout the movie. And I don't know. It's never bothered me before. What did you think of my he's being boozum though? <laughs> but since we've been kind of going through this movie minute by minute and analyzing every little bit, this look comes up so many times. I'm so annoyed with it at this point in time. <laughs> That's her sex appeal look. What are you it's talking about? It's not sex appeal. It's just... It's kind of this dumb look. Her mouth slightly open. She's just kind of staring, but past Will. She's not even looking at Will. How dare you? She's, she's trying to remember her next lines. And it's, maybe that's it. But it, it must be just because we're going through this thing. But it drives me absolutely really? nuts. Yes. I didn't notice yeah. that. I think that's oh. just her normal look. Oh, it is a normal look for her, and it's very annoying. Wow. Very annoying. And then after he does say, I love you, she parts her lips a little bit more. But, you know, it's just like. Because she's about to say, she's in shock. She's about to say something like. Oh, my God. Run away with me, Will. Exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, I just find it annoying. Any thoughts on that? Besides giving me the look through. I'm trying to. Cross the table. Well, I don't really find it a problem. And I know you have mentioned it before and i don't really see the problem with it i think she's kind of just in it's like her look of intently looking or thinking about something that's her look that she gives that's just kind of done what do you want her to sit there stone-faced with her lips and mouth all closed well at least don't at least look at him and not like you're looking through him but we it's not like like you're listening i know but it doesn't if you kind of look at it and look at the directions she's looking. It's not at will. It's just kind of... So now you're analyzing the actual direction she's looking. <laughs> yeah, I am. Really? Oh, I'm, that's not the only direction I was analyzing during this minute, oh by the way. Oh, my God. We're in store <laughs> for garbage. <laughs> so can we get back to what all the kids were circled around then? Okay. Since I don't really have anything else to say on her look because... That's ridiculous, by the way. I don't know what else I'm supposed to say about that, though. It's just like a normal look. It's not. It's You're annoying. The... I'm sorry. I don't see it that way. <laughs> Maybe people will back you up. Maybe we'll have to post a picture of it in the Cursed Listeners Crew group on Facebook. And we can see what happens. Okay. See if people agree with you or not. Okay. I'm okay with it, I think. People really respond to the Elizabeth picture post. They really like her. Maybe they won't like that then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm just giving you forewarning. Okay, at least not in the listeners group, but on the Facebook page where we have quite a few people following us. They respond a lot to the Elizabeth That's because she's some cute little thing. Okay, then maybe that's it. So be prepared. You're going to be hated. Prepared. Many executioners were professional specialists who traveled the circuit or region performing their duty. A common stereotype of an executioner is a hooded medieval... Guy, if you want to call it that. Or woman. Uh, no women back oh. then doing that. In Western Europe and its colonies, executioners have been shunned by their neighbors. So you have something in common with the executioners. This attitude can be observed in numerous novels and films. For instance, in Alexander Dumas, The Three Musketeers, or even in the film The Widow of St. Peter, in which executioners, who are minor characters typically in these films or novels, were ostracized by villagers. The profession of executioners sometimes ran through a family, especially in France where the Sanson family provided six executioners between 1688 and 1847. Wow. It's a family tradition. Yeah. Well, they didn't have any friends or anything. They couldn't go into any other profession. (laughs) So it just kind of ran through the executioner. Yes, I'll be an executioner. Sorry, you have to be an executioner. Nobody likes you. Yeah. And the Dibler dynasty provided five 
executioners between 1879 and the abolition of it in 1981, which is pretty crazy. 1981, really? Yeah, that was in France. In Britain, the most notable dynasty was the Pierre Points, who provided three executioners between 1902 and 1956. In the Ottoman Empire, the only ones that were allowed to become executioners were Romani, and they were seen as damned people and even their graveyards were separate from public graveyards. There were no inscriptions on executioner tombstones, and usually uncarved and unpolished, simply rough stones were used. Wow. So basically, if you... They, yeah, go ahead. If you chose a life to kill people, basically, as a, as a profession, you were <laughs> not looked at very fondly. Well, you think that those would be the people you'd want to make friends with. Right? Like, I'm right. a good person. And I'm not speaking about myself because that's obviously not yeah, true. No. But if I'm speaking as somebody at the time, like, oh, I'm a relatively good person. I don't anticipate doing anything wrong that I would need an executioner. Then you might not do that. But the idea is if something could happen, like, hey, maybe I should buddy up to those guys. Then that way, if I'm ever on the the gallows there or getting my head on the block, that maybe maybe they take a little pity on me somehow. They won't pull that lever. Yeah, exactly. Or something. I don't know. Smuggle me out of town or put up my neighbor instead and say it's me? I don't know. He asked. He requested to wear a bag over his head. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Those are the people you want to buddy up to. And I was wondering when hanging became a thing for capital punishment. And I had to go to the all-knowing Wikipedia, which actually has quite a laundry list of names of executioners for an incredible number of countries stretching, pun intended, back to the 1400s. As far as the first hanging, that's more difficult to establish Book 22 of the Homeric Odyssey contains a rather graphic description of how Telemachus hanged his father's unfaithful maidservants. The Odyssey is, of course, a work of fiction, but it is reasonable to see the passage's evidence for the use of hanging as a judicial punishment at the time. It's not like something he made up. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is, but I doubt it. Right. Probably took it from real life punishments. Current scholarship puts the Homeric poems between 750 and 600 BC. So hangings have been around for... Quite a long time. Until 1981. <laughs> exactly. Executioner. Well, that was an executioner. That wasn't necessarily oh, a hangman. okay. It could have been. Could have been other another, stuff. Another, yeah. According to the New World Encyclopedia, the first recorded use of judicial hanging is in the Persian Empire approximately 2,500 years ago. And that's recorded use of it. Primitive Norse and Germanic cultures use ritual hanging to dedicate prisoners to the gods Odin and other some other gods that I just didn't choose to, to note. Figured Odin well, was the one I knew. For all you hanging connoisseurs out there, there are actually four ways of performing a judicial hanging. Suspension hanging, the short drop, the standard drop, and of course, the long drop. Gotta go for the long drop. And since this is a British enterprise in Pirates of the Caribbean, as a form of judicial execution in England, hanging is thought to date from the Anglo-Saxon period. Records of the names of British hangmen began with Thomas Warbleton in the 1360s. So it goes back quite a bit. And this is such a crazy topic and there's so much information on it. I actually just kind of cut it short here because I didn't know how much hanging history we really wanted to get into for right, the show right now. But that could be something for another time when we're all looking for some nice little bedtime stories yes. for our kids that you could just say, hey, listen to Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. They got a cool episode on people uh, hanging. Yeah, hanging. Short drop, sudden stop. Or if you choose the long drop, sudden stop. No, I, I choose the short drop, sudden stop. You want the one that's going to break your neck and kill you. You don't want the one that's going to, say, choke your windpipe off. Yeah. Yeah. We also have two alerts for precedence in this minute. 
something our characters established early on in the film, showcasing their expertise, of course, that in this minute come in quite handy, both of which are utilized to save Jack from the hangman's noose. And the first is Elizabeth fainting because she can't breathe. You know, the damn course of death thing. Which, by the way, congratulations to Norrington for finally just rushing and getting her. (laughs) I mean, forget rushing to the gallows at this particular moment. I know that's your duty, but congratulations for resisting that urge and then going to check on Elizabeth. Well, he actually... Got clued in by her father, and then he came to her rescue. Oh, I'm not saying that he noticed it. I'm just saying that he... Oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure. That he rushed... He started to rush to the gallows, and then he rushed to Elizabeth. And so he kind of forgot to go to the gallows. He let that go in favor of tending to Elizabeth, which is a good first step in their marriage. Yes, exactly. Because Norrington is the type to just, okay, you got her. I'm going to rush off. But he actually stepped up here. Stuck around. Yeah. Second, he is also desperately trying to get over the first can't breathe incident when she plummeted off the freaking fort. That's something hard to live down since he was blind to her suffering that whole time. That's something that she'll never let down in their marriage. She could do anything and he calls her on it. She goes, remember that time you let me fall off the fort because I couldn't breathe? It's hard to come back from that one. Yep. What's funny is he thought he had this entire woman and pain thing figured out with Elizabeth. And then she pulls another can't breathe thing here. And faints without any symptoms. Is Norrington standing there thinking, wow, did I really just miss a bunch of clues again? I really can't see a woman in pain or not breathing. I mean, she's going to be pissed that I didn't see this coming. But at least I ran to her aid. Exactly. So that's the good thing is that he's then questioning himself most likely. Like, I really just can't tell when a woman is injured or something. (laughs) He can't see any of those symptoms leading up to it. All he sees is the, the final aftermath. Plummeting, falling, that kind of stuff. At least there was no water that she fell into this time. That's what he's saying. Thank God we didn't put the gallows out on (laughs) Elizabeth be over the side again. The second precedent that was set is Will being able to throw swords and then stick them into doors or wood. Anything he can stick it to. So strong that a man could stand on it. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we may have to talk about the physics of that. The fainting one is not so much, but having Will establish a skill early on in the movie is much better than him all of a sudden hitting us with the, hey, look what I can do. I can (laughs) throw this sword and get it to stick there wherever I want it. Yeah, and he had done that, what, two, three times? Once. No, no. He stuck it into the door to lock the door. Then he stuck it into the ceiling with the chains attached to it. Yeah, but he didn't throw it. it, though. He just stuck it. No, he threw it. Well, he kind of... He threw it with his arm attached. Well, anyway, he stuck it. Doesn't matter. I think we got a whole new definition of throwing between you and I. And didn't he do it one one other time? No, I think he just stuck it the the once because he threw it. He threw it like a dart or a joust or a dagger and it stuck. Okay. We got to really look up throwing definitions for you. That's why when we're sitting there and I say, hey, can you throw me the remote control? You come and walk it to me. It's because you don't understand. You thought you were throwing it to me this whole time when actually you had the whole definition wrong. No, see, my arm is so strong <laughs> that I'm afraid if I throw it at you, at you, like the greatest I'm gonna, hero. I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> really? Yeah. Or you're, or you're going to go to catch it and you're going to rip your arm out of your socket wow. because I'm so strong. Well, thank you for that. I do appreciate you not uh, yeah. blasting me no with problem. your power. But I am glad that he does that sword maneuver early on. So then it makes sense when he does it here. 
that's also so it's not just like this one-off occurrence and something that we haven't seen before. So it's good that we have seen it. It's not something that we're even thinking about. We thought it was kind of a one-off event, and now it comes back at a great opportune time, if yes. you will. So I think that's just smart writing to establish a set of skills as opposed to making one up every time one is needed and that we've never seen before. Yeah. That just comes off as sloppy. That's not believable or any of that. Even with a suspension of belief of what's going on here with some of that, it's better to have that established than to just all of a sudden him do that. And it reminds me of this 1966 Batman movie that I saw as a kid. Saw it brand new in the theaters. No, just kidding. Batman getting attacked by a shark. Oh, man. Really? You're going to alienate the audience by saying somebody's six, born in 66 You didn't say, no, 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 no. You said you've seen it in 66 in the theaters. Okay. So you didn't say you were born in 66. How dare you? <laughs> I wasn't even born around that time. Batman getting attacked by a shark while dangling from a helicopter. Happens all the time. He grabs a coincidental... Shark repellent spray hanging from his utility belt. And all is good. Since when does he just keep shark repellent handy on his belt? Never. Not another time have I seen that. Mind you, I am not a big original Batman series fan. Kapow. But I don't recall that he ever just kept shark repellent on his utility belt. But this one time that he actually needs it, it's there. Wait, did you actually see this in a TV show? Or did you just get this from the Batman Lego movie we watched the other night? No, this is the movie. Oh, okay. I, I haven't just... seen it in a long time, but I saw it when I was a kid. Okay. And I clearly remember that because it was a little weird. <laughs> I'm going to say, even as a kid, I didn't buy it. I went, Because eh, even I in the Batman know. Lego movie, they had the shark repellent. That's why, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I thought of it at this point. Because it was in that Lego Batman movie. Yeah. That's why they're making fun of it. Because of that exact scenario. The physics of the sword stunt, though, might be a bit of a stretch. Especially Jack sticking the landing on it. Physics again. You brought it up, so I thought I would talk about it. It's not just as glaring as the underwater longboat submarine. So I just may let it go. Or let it go until we get some physical evidence. So I'm thinking, perhaps we can conduct an experiment. I'll rig up a noose and gallows. You'll stand up there with the noose around your neck. And I'll throw the sword to you. Oh. I don't want to throw it to you. because Please don't throw it to me. You don't want to get stabbed. I won't be able to catch it. So I'll throw the sword to see if I can stick it in the wood. And then you'll fall down and try and balance on the sword with the noose around your neck. Now, for safety, you don't have to jump. We don't have to time it. Because if I miss, then you could actually get hung. I just want you to leap off of that onto the sword with the noose around your neck. And we'll see if that supports your weight. Okay, let's try it. Oh, you're game for that. That's awesome. No, not really. You're game for that. That's too late. I also have some more kind of historical tidbits here, too, since I don't have any evidence yet to support my sword physics thing. Mulroy and Murtaugh are holding the blue flag with a red shield with a white horse in the center. You're not going to talk about bird poo again, are you? No, bird poo. No, we're done. Because okay. actually, that was interesting because I had mentioned that we might talk about it later. But what the problem was, it doesn't come up again. I was remembering a de freaking deleted scene where... Uh -huh. They expanded that whole bird poop thing. And I thought, I was totally confused. And then I saw it again. I go, wait a second. That was a deleted scene. But anyways, in the deleted scene, since you bring it up, Mulroy and Murtaugh are standing there. Mulroy gets soiled by the parrot. Murtaugh turns to him and says, hey, it's good luck. And so he doesn't wipe it off. So it's like, leave it there. Kind of, it's good oh, luck. Oh, okay. The parrot then soils Murtaugh. 
Mulroy goes over and takes some takes it off his jacket and puts it on his own for good luck. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of, but I forgot that's a deleted scene. So that's why you're not going to see any more talk of that. So it's just a flyby right now, but we won't get into analyzing it because deleted scene. I don't know if deleted scenes are actually canon. I'm not sure. Don't think so. If they were, then that would change all kinds of stuff. So I just answered my own question. But anyways, they're holding the blue flag with the red field shield with the white horse in the center. The imagery officially on the book since 1605, at least in regards to the United Kingdom, and it's specifically the flag of Kent. It has been used by justices of Kent for many years, which maybe makes sense as this is a hanging sanction by the crown. However, the imagery for Kent, the design of a white horse rearing on its hind legs, has been associated with the county for over a thousand freaking years. Wow, really? Yeah. As is the motto of Kent and the symbolism with the flag, Invicta, meaning unconquered Rome. So it's speculated that the symbol may have referred to the mythical horse, Sleipner, which belonged to the god Odin. Odin's horse. So that's kind of the speculation on where that came from. So there you go. That's all the history I'm going to do today. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Captain Amazing is my name, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You're laughing because you nervously know it's true. That's got to be it. So the big moment in the film for all you out there just waiting for Will to profess his love for Elizabeth. Well, here it freaking is. Yeah, I'm on a freaking today. Everything's going to be freaking. His transition to pirate is complete, and we get the clue that he is going to do maybe something he just may not be able to come back from, which he does by trying to free Jack. There we go. Yeah. Since this may be his last hurrah, he finally musters up the courage, the freaking courage, (laughs) to tell Elizabeth exactly how he feels. Elizabeth is still a bit miffed that he brought up the dreaded Norrington with their moment in the cave. That all changes when she gets the idea of what's going down now. We can tell because her mouth is open, like Heather said. Exactly. Look at that acting. See, I knew exactly the feeling she was getting there, and her feelings were getting stirred up for the little old Will here. Will becomes said her feelings <clears throat> were getting stirred up. Yeah, because Will becomes the romanticized version of a pirate, the pirate of her dreams, not the Barbosa or Jack pirate, the kind of pirates that are in it to win it kind yeah. of attitude, but that Robin Hood figure. Right. That's who Will is becoming. Will starts off as a blacksmith, becomes a pirate, but ends up as a rebel doing what's right. Not for his pocketbook or status, just simply what is right. What he feels is right. Yep. And that brings it home to Elizabeth. For justice. Exactly. That brings it home to Elizabeth. And then we kind of end there because we don't see what happens next with that. Mm. No, because he runs away. Exactly. Goodbye. Runs away. That's the best thing to do. You profess your love to a woman and you get and that And then you run away before because, she could say anything. Because she, no, she didn't give the I love you return. He, no. That got left hanging and he's like, well, hell with this. I got to get the hell yep, out of here. She left. The best thing to do is she run left. away. You don't get the I love you return, go away. Goodbye. Either that or you get the thank you. Wasn't that like a Seinfeld thank you or, or nothing? Uh, it's I don't been, no, yeah. I think it was Seinfeld. I think it was in, it's been in multiple you gonna go that? No, I think yeah. it was. It might have been in multiple shows, but I think Seinfeld was the one I remember. The yeah. "I love you" return, and it may have been a thank you or silence. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. It may have been silence. Who knows? I am remembering all kinds of things now. Wrong. <laughs> Just like with the the great parrot soiling incident of 2017. <laughs> so that's all I got. I that's don't know it. if you have anything. Nope, that's remember all I, I have too. Remember, I, in the beginning, I plugged how when you're 100 percent there, you have these pithy comments and stuff. Yeah. I'm just curious where that person went. Really? Kind of. Now I'm feeling bad I said that. Do you I'm want the double the bird eye. again? <laughs> I don't want any flipping of the birds in here again. The parrot birds. Cotton's bird. 
I'm going to start referring to when you flip me off in the studio as Cotton's Bird. <laughs> How dare you give me Cotton's Bird? <laughs> Sounds kind of nice. That's a good ring to it. People yeah. will go, what does that mean? And then you'll look it up and you'll go, oh my God, he just got flipped off. That poor Scott. <laughs> He's such a good hearted person to yeah. her. And I would oh, say, you are. You're right. yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for noticing. Like I said, that's all I got. So I guess we can come back tomorrow then. You game okay. for doing that? We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Dang you, stole my thing. That's what I always say. With minute 128 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horns woggling to a minimum. Arr! What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home! Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show! Banjo, get me a bucket! Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.